0: Good morning, everybody. Am I, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Wonderful. Hasn't been a great morning so far. I just love baptisms. They're just an extension of what God's already put in people's hearts. They've called. He's called them to follow Him, and you're saying yes. And I just think it's such a blessing to be part of people's journeys and for the outward expression of saying yes. I want to follow Jesus. And it's great hearing their stories as well. Even though Stuart's shared their stories. They've both got personal stories of what God's done in their lives, how God's drawn them into that relationship with him. And it's just amazing that we've all got stories in our lives of what God's done for us, or just stories about things that have happened in our lives. And over the last few weeks, we've actually been looking at stories in the Bible, stories that Jesus talks about, the parables. So we've got it up. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Obi. So first of all, I'm going to need a bit of help. Is there anybody out here who loves building things? That includes Andy, because I know he does. (laughs) I do need some help, please, this morning. Can I have four volunteers to come on the stage to help build something for me? Yes. Oh, great. One more, one more. Come on, there's someone else out there who loves building things. Thanks, Peter. Can I do them here, Stuart? Can I do one there and one there? Yep, one here. one there. Yeah. And then just need some some building blocks, don't we? Oh, where have they gone? Yeah, under there. Oh, under there. Thank you. Right. Two of you have that one. Okay. And two of you have that one. Okay. Right. There we go. Aha. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right, what I want you to do, guys, is with those blocks, is to build a building, a tower that's not—it's quite stable, and it's going to stand up all the way while I'm talking. So we've got 12 blocks there. Come on, see what you can build. Yeah, just get them out and just have a good, good build. Wonderful. Oh, look at that. <laughs> James and Peter started with quite a few on the bottom and just building up gently. And oh, Stephen and Joseph are doing a bit more of a. We can see it. That's that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's a build a building. That's all I asked you to do, and it's not allowed to fall over. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's brilliant. <laughs> just. Just wait for the other one. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yep, that's great. Yep, that's taller. So that's Yeah, that's a good one. Really tall. Thank you, guys. That's brilliant. Let me take that from you. Right. Can you guess what story I'm going to talk about today? <laughs> Do you want to sit down? Thanks for your help. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about the story where Jesus builds, um, talks about the wise man building the house on the rock and the foolish man building his house on the sand and the consequences of these. Let's check. Oh, here we go. The story is found in Mark, Matthew. Can't read, sorry. Matthew 7, <laughs> 24 to 27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So in this story, both men build houses but they build them on different foundations, one on the rock and one on the sand. And I'm going to look at the importance of the foundations in which we build our lives on. You may not realize it, but we all do build foundations on our lives, even if we don't realize we're doing that. But before I look at the foundations we can build our lives on, I'm just gonna look at the context of this story in the Bible. It comes immediately after Jesus is talking in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, Jesus is talking to his disciples and a large crowd that's gathered to hear him speak. His sermon can be found in, the, in Matthew in the 5, 6, and 7, so just immediately before this story at the end of chapter 7. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts by sharing what he describes as the Beatitudes. Yeah, and in these, he explains the kind of people who receive God's blessing. Jesus then goes on to talk about the importance of being salt and light in our communities. Next states he's not come into the world to get rid of the requirements that underpin the Jewish faith, which we can read about in the Old Testament. He's actually come to fulfill them. And not only to fulfill these laws, but to show a greater way to have a relationship with God, a personal relationship, not a distant one. Jesus then goes on to state the difference between the old law and its constrictions and the new law in Jesus that leads to to freedom. He gives teaching about murder, adultery, divorce, making an oath, judgment, loving your enemies, giving to those in need, praying, fasting, worrying, and the difference between true and false disciples and prophets. Then immediately after this teaching, he talks about building foundations. He's explaining to the crowd and the disciples that these words, the words he's just spoken, are what we should build our foundation on our lives. It sounds simple. So if we go back to verse 24 of chapter 7, it says, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's basically saying if you hear Jesus' words, the words is spoken, and you obey them, you will build your life on sure foundations. It's so easy to hear Jesus' words, but so difficult to follow them and actually put them into practice. In life today, we're bombarded by so much information from the news, from television programs, from social media, to name but a few. There's so many pressures on us. We've got pressures from work to do a good job, make sure you get the things done quickly, stay late to ensure the deadlines are met. We have pressures to earn more money so we can have a better lifestyle, Buy the latest clothes, have a bigger car, better car, more gadgets, go on a fancier holiday. And there are other pressures too, such as ensuring our children are educated better than we were, or the pressure to look good. All of these pressures can take our time, efforts and money. These external pressures are trying to grab our attention, pulling us one way, then another, and ensuring that our focus is on the stuff of life. These life pressures can draw us into putting our trust into things such as financial security, job satisfaction, what we look like. Life in general can cause us to build a foundation on any or all of the above. Their importance in our life can become our foundation. So going back to the passage, when I think of the wise man and the foolish man, I have pictures in my mind of what these people might look like. The wise man being a barrister, the foolish man being a jester. But here, Jesus isn't talking about the way we view, humans view what it's like to be wise or foolish. Thanks, Rachel. The barrister full of knowledge, information, and knowing what to do with this information, and the jester acting in a silly way that makes everyone laugh. No, in this story, Jesus is using the definition of a wise man to explain the actions both men take when they hear his words, not what they look like or how they behave in their roles, Now, it's interesting to see in this passage that both men hear the words that Jesus is saying, but it's how they respond to these words that are key to their success or failure. The other similarities in this passage are that, one, both men build houses. They probably both had similar surprise, similar plans. They would have had identical aspirations. Each wanted to build a house. And both houses were battered by the storm probably the same storm because I'm expecting this story that Jesus is talking about a similar location to where the houses were built. The only difference is that the two men built their houses on different foundations. The foolish man built his house on the sand. We'd probably have done it because it's easier to build on sand. It's quicker, cheaper. It looked just as good as the house that's built on the rock and it wouldn't take as long to build. The foolish man but then had been settled into his house long before the man who'd built his house on the rock, and I'm sure feeling quite proud, accomplished, established, and very pleased with himself. Now this person, the one who built his house on the sand, wouldn't have intended it to fall. He thought he was doing the right thing building this house in a quicker and cheaper way. He didn't ever imagine or think that it would ever fall. He had confidence in his house. He had confidence it would stand. Otherwise, why would he have built it? There wasn't anything wrong with the actual house. He used the right materials. He probably used the right techniques. He may have even got skilled people to come in and help him build his dream home. The only thing that was a problem was the foundations. Excuse me a second. I reckon this was the same thoughts of the builders and planners when they started building the tower in Pisa in 1173. We've all seen pictures of the building I'm sure you've seen them in real life. But it isn't just called the Tower of Pisa, it's called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Do you know why it leans? Interestingly, it actually started to lean during construction in 1178. That's five years after it started to be built. And the builders had only got to the third story. It was starting to lean because the soil in which it was built was shifting and therefore destabilising the tower's foundations. The ground the tower is built on consists of clay, fine sand and shells. This soft ground is movable and shifts easily, therefore the tower does not have the stability to remain upright. Its foundations are moving and unbalancing the whole building and that's why it's caused the tower to lean. Now if you compare the tower, leaning tower of Pisa to another tower that isn't leaning, see what foundations these are built on. the lighthouse one that's out at sea, that you only have to get to on a boat. It's built on a rock. This rock's been standing itself for a very long time. The lighthouse is shored into the rock. It Looks like it's clinging to its foundations. Lighthouses out at sea have a very rough life, especially during the winter months when the winds are being battering them and the waves are pounding next to the, the building, but they're still standing. They don't lean or fall over their foundation is got keeping them standing. Now, sorry, Andy, I put my hands up to this and any other builders in there. I know nothing about building foundations, but I did look it up and um, it said on, some of the websites I said, it's very hard work. It's dirty work because you've got to actually build into the ground and it takes a long time to do it. It's the same to an extent with some of how we build our foundations that easy. Um, it's not that easy because it takes hard work and dedication. It's not so much dirty work, but it's, it's difficult because we have to be self-disciplined to actually do what Jesus says, and it all takes time. Now, the initial foundation stone is placed in our lives when we make a decision to follow Jesus, but the rest of the foundations Jesus builds with our help and cooperation we have heard a little bit about that when Rob prayed for Andy, actually, that it's the foundations are really important. I read a quote on a website about building foundations, so I reckon it's a builder or an engineer. It said, just because they're not visible once the house has been built, it doesn't mean they're not vitally important. We don't ever see the foundations when a building is actually built, but this can be said of the foundations we build our lives on. They're usually not visible to those around us, but I've actually said we all do build um, some foundations of some description and are live at some point. So back to the story. Does that go back that way? Both men have built their houses, they look amazing. The men are settling into their new homes. Maybe they've been for there for some time, but then the storm comes. In verses 25 and 26, the same words are used to describe the storm. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Whether you build your life on the rock or on the sand, storms will come into your life. The same storms. Some come with a warning, some without. This is normal life. This could be the loss of a job, money, a close friend, family member, work pressures, employment difficulties. There could be financial worries, problems with relationships, a wrong decision you make or someone else makes on your behalf, accidents, medical problems. Any of these predicaments can affect us all at any time in our lives. So what happens when these storms come? That one stays standing. When you lose your job, when financial crisis hits you, when you lose someone close to you, or when a family member is taken sick, would you rather be standing or falling over? Even if you have built your house on the rock and you're still standing, it's hard when the storm hits, but you can cope. You'll be standing like that lighthouse that's been battered by the sea in the winds. If it were us getting physically battered by the sea, like that lighthouse, we'd be cold, we'd be wet, we'd probably be stung by the the salt in the sea. It's not pleasant, but you're still standing. You're still standing if you have the underpinnings of Jesus in your life. He keeps you standing. He gives you the strength you need to keep going. He's the foundation that keeps you up and able to face each day of uncertainty. But if, if you've built your house on the sand and therefore collapsed into a heap, it's so difficult to keep going. Everything's too much. Many people completely fall apart at this point, and uh, as they're unable to cope with day-to-day life, it's a very hard place to be. There are times in our lives when the storm comes, and even though we've not built our lives on the rock, we may still be standing, but at a lean, like the leaning Tower of Pisa. Basically, the tower should have fallen, but it hasn't, and this is why. In the early 1990s, engineers removed soil from underneath the raised end of the tower, so it straightened by 18 inches. And in 2008, more soil was removed, and after this, it was announced that the tower had stabilised and stopped moving for the first time in history. Man had intervened. Man had stopped the tower from completely falling down. Strategies had been put into place to ensure that the tower does not collapse into a heap. We can do this in our lives too. When we start to buckle under the pressure of the storm, we can try and stop ourselves from falling. We start to put strategies in place, such as self-help techniques or remedies. We might turn to others for advice, be that friends, advice on the internet, in books, in magazines. We may start to put all our energy into work, as this may prevent us from actually dealing with the crisis in hand. The shoring up of the foundations of the Tower of Pisa have ensured that the tower may now stay standing for many centuries to come, along with some constant monitoring and possibly some more work. However, I read that the tower has been under so much pressure that the bottom stories may start crumbling, so it may fall. We ourselves can naturally try to solve the problems and storms that come our way. We can put some strategies, as I've mentioned, into place, and we do it in our own strength and in our own ways as with the Tower of Pisa. This may keep us standing for some time, but it's very likely that we will collapse under the pressure of the storm at some point. So which foundation would you prefer to be standing on? One that keeps you upright, like the lighthouse, just like the wise man in the story? Or one that's falling over like the leaning Tower of Pisa? Or even in a crumbled mess, like the fool in the story? It's easy to say, of course, I want to be like the wise man but how can I build that foundation? What ways can I make sure that your foundation is built on the rock, on Jesus and his words? And how do you obey these words? Well, the Bible is full of advice on on the difference between foolishness and wisdom. In fact, the book of Proverbs describes wisdom and gives you a vast amount of information about wisdom and foolishness. For example, in chapter 10, verse eight, the wise in heart accept commands but a chattering fool comes to ruin. For an answer on how we can build our foundation on Jesus, we can actually refer back to the passages in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, immediately prior to the story. It's full of advice, actually, from Jesus himself. He talks, among other things, about how we should pray and fast. Jesus encourages us not to worry about our daily lives, but to judge others, to love our enemies, and if someone asks you for a tunic, give them your coat too. Jesus' advice was at that time revolutionary, the opposite of what was normally accepted, to protect and look after oneself. His words can still be viewed as revolutionary today. They oppose our human instincts. This can especially be seen in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verses 3 to 10. I'll read the first few just to give you a taster of what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is how Jesus asks us to build our foundations on his words. And it's these words and obeying these words that keep us standing when the storm comes. It all comes down to trust. Trust in Jesus and his words, not in yourself. Jesus is the rock. He is the one who stands firm. He's just like that ancient rock out to sea. In the same way, you can trust Jesus and his words not to fail you when the storm comes. Jesus is going to remain firm in the storm so that you will be like that lighthouse, battered but still standing. You can trust Jesus to never move or allow you to fall. There's many stories in the Old and New Testament about how people have led their lives and the consequences of whether they were wise, that is, they've put their trust in God, or foolish, put their trust in themselves. One of the examples of somebody putting their total trust in Jesus is found in the New Testament. Paul, whose story is in the Acts of the Apostles, suffered many setbacks. He weathered many storms in his life, floggings, imprisonment, rejection, and actually some physical storms as well when he was shipwrecked. But he never wavered. He kept looking forward. Paul says in Philippians 4, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul's foundation was Jesus, following Jesus' words and obeying Jesus' commands. Paul knew where he'd get his strength from to stand each day against the challenges of his life. He put his foundation on Christ, on the rock, the one who'll never move, never allow him to fall. What can you do to build your foundations on Christ like Paul did? There's things like reading the Bible, spending time on what you've read, contemplating on what you've read, putting it into action. There's plenty of resources out there to help you in this process. Other things like spending time with other Christians, reading the Bible together, discussing what you've read, praying together. You can also ask God for help. In James one five, it says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you." All sounds quite basic, I know. Then is basic, like building a physical foundation. There are certain rules to make it work successfully. And these have to be followed. I remember that quote about the foundations being built. Sometimes people don't see them. Sometimes people don't see what we've built our foundations on. But they'll notice when the storm comes. There have been many times in my life when I've been so relieved to have Jesus as my foundation. He's kept me standing when the storms have hit. And I can't tell you how grateful and thankful I am to have not collapsed. Jesus is my rock. He's my foundation. I wouldn't want to live life without him. If there's anyone here who's never said yes to following Jesus and they want to know more about how to start building their foundation on him, then please come and speak to me, Stuart, or someone else you know in this church. We'd be more than happy to, to tell you what God's done for us in our lives. And if you are a Christian, but you've been building your foundation on other things other than God's word, please look again at what Jesus says about building your life on his word and obeying it. Seek after God first. Look to him before you go to anything else, look to him for help before you go and look on the internet or in books or magazines. Gonna have the band up, We'll have to move the things. And as they're coming up, before we sing the last song, I'm just like you to f- reflect on a few questions. How do you want to be when the storm comes? What are you building your life on? A hard, immovable rock or shifting sand? What do you want to have your foundations built on? The circumstances of life or the promises of God? Do you want to be standing when the storm comes? Oh, it's not working. trying to go back to the, the words. Remember what Jesus said. Everyone who hears these words and obeys them, he is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, And the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock."